Welcome to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast, where we explore the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics around the world. I'm your host, Rob Howe, Diabetics Doing Things founder and 11-year type 1 diabetic. Help raise awareness for Diabetics Doing Things by sharing this with your diabetic friends. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Tag a type 1 friend today. This week's guest is Danielle Hargenrader, the Diabetes Dominator and founder of Diabetes Dominator Coaching. She's also a best-selling author of Unleash Your Inner Diabetes Dominator. We talk about how the principles of the Diabetes Dominator system allow Danielle to completely turn her life around and how that journey continues today with her clients. Uh, welcome. This is episode six of Diabetics Doing Things, um, and we have a very special guest today, uh, Danielle Hargenrader. Uh, you also might know her as the Diabetes Dominator, so welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. So, uh, Danielle, I know uh, we've talked a little bit already. Uh, how about you just give our listeners a little bit of background on you and uh, sort of your diabetes story and uh, how we uh, you know, came to get here today? Uh, sure. Well, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in 1991, so I'm actually coming up on in September, my 25-year anniversary. Um, so I was diagnosed in 1991, and for me back then, and for anybody back then, there really was no internet, there was no Google, there was no diabetes online community, so it was a very isolating kind of experience. I actually didn't know anybody else with diabetes until I was in my late 20s. Um, so me and my mom and my dad just kind of took whatever we got from the doctors, which to say was lacking would be an understatement. It was just, you know, stay in the hospital, kind of count your carbs. Here's how you inject insulin. Here's a little pamphlet and go ahead and go back to your lives. So, um, luckily my mom and my dad, very strong people, very supportive. And we just kind of figured it out as we went along trial and error. And, uh, we kind of got into a groove of things and life was as normal as it can be for, you know, a newly diagnosed child. Right. And about three years later, which was the day after my 12th birthday, my father passed away very suddenly. And when I say very suddenly, I mean, one week he was, he was a co-owner of a plumbing company. He was, you know, running the company, doing his thing. He had a massive heart attack. He had a quadruple bypass surgery, and within a week, all of this happened, and he didn't make it out of the hospital. So that compounded on top of, you know, the diabetes, that level of loss, and, you know, being just turning 12, that kind of preteen, you know, puberty kind of time, emotions were running high, that uh, kind of snowballed into a very deep depression that was fueled by a binge eating disorder that lasted my entire teenage life. And I, by the time I was 13 or 14, I was 200 pounds from an, went going from that, from just an average sized child, never had any weight issues before that. And I spent my teenage life just, um, kind of miserable, isolated, introverted. Um, and, and even back then when we were, I was diagnosed, we got a lot of information about the problems and the, the, the negative things that were going to happen now that I had diabetes, you know, right. have the complications, you're probably going to have to deal with limb loss and, you know, diabetic retinopathy and, you know, people who have diabetes, you know, they live shorter lives than other people. It was just a whole lot of negativity. So when you're a child and you really don't have a lot of background information, you kind of believe what you hear. And so, you know, a very long story short, as I began to get, you know, into my adult life, 18, 19, 20, 
I was always a very strong-willed person. I was always an avid learner. I'm a self-proclaimed nerd. I love to learn. I was a straight-A student. That was kind of my strength. I always got A's, and I was always felt like I was smart. So I decided to learn about you know, diabetes really for me, where I began the learning was nutrition. And because I love to cook, my mom is an amazing cook and she always taught me, you know, to go in and prepare my own food. So I ended up cooking more healthy foods and I got my bachelor's degree in nutrition science because I just felt like I could use my brain power to help me get out of the really unhealthy relationship that I had developed with food over my teenage years. And it did, combined with a lot of, uh, you know, help, mentoring, coaching, psychology, psychiatry. I had lots of help along the way. Um, and I kind of just decided that I didn't, I wasn't willing to believe anymore that that was the outcome that my life was going to, to give me. I believed now that I was more in control of the outcome, that it wasn't necessary. I finally figured out that it wasn't the diabetes that was causing me to be unhappy and unhealthy. It was the choices I was making around my diabetes and my health care habits that was the real problem. And that if I changed the choices I was making, I would change my day-to-day realities. You know, I went from, you know, A1Cs of 13.5% throughout my teenage life because I also ne- didn't necessarily always take insulin hmm. at the right times when I was having, you know, these binge eating situations. And you know, I slowly but surely over many years began getting stronger mentally and then realizing that seeing the results, feeling the the feelings of pride when I would make different choices and have different outcomes. And I'd say, you know what? I don't believe I'm going to have these complications anymore. Now, do I believe it's not possible for me to get the complications? Of course not. You know, I'm not unrealistic. But at the same time, I do know now, I believe with every bit of my being that it is my choices that will determine the outcomes of my health, regardless of diabetes or not, especially with diabetes. You know, I make choices with food, I get certain blood sugars. I make other choices with food, I get other blood sugars. It's very, to me, it's very scientific and it's very um, empowering to be able to measure and manage that. And I kind of just grasped onto that power that it made me feel and kind of continued from there. And I mean, you bring up a good point, I think, about you know being in control of your own choices and your own destiny. Um, diabetes is sort of like the ultimate microcosm of that ideology, right? Because um, I think everyone that um, that I've talked to really in my life, and you know, you always ask like, well, what was it like being diagnosed, or you know, how has your life changed? And it always boils down to it's like, well, either I can do this, you know, I can test and give myself insulin and think about carbs and count everything and eat the right things and exercise, or I can have all these complications and live a short abbreviated life without, um, all of the luxuries of being a, you know, a healthy person and have severe complications later in life. And I think obviously, you know, when you get to see it that black and white, it's kind of like, okay, well, this is what I want to do. Now, how can I control that long-term to make sure that I'm healthy? And obviously, not everybody makes those choices, but um, I, you know, for myself, I think, uh, and I want to talk a little bit more about your diagnosis story because another thing that a couple common denominators are not everybody has a great experience during diagnosis, so whether that's bedside manner or just education or materials that are available. 
Absolutely. And I think you did just bring up a really important point. And I think that there's a huge move in, you know, patient advocacy nowadays. And and also on the doctor side, because I'm very fortunate to be close and friends with doctors now that are not the doctors of the past, you know, where it's kind of just this linear thinking of X and Y and Z. It's like what you said, if they, if the doctor said to me, Hey, you have, you know, this disease, but if you want to, if you make these choices, you can live the full life that you want, instead of saying, hey, you have this disease and now your life's completely changed and you're probably going to get these complications and all of this negativity, because you are prone to believe what a doctor says, especially when you're a child and you have no background information on the thing that you're hearing about. Um, so I think it is super important for healthcare professionals and all aspects of healthcare professionals, meaning doctors, certified diabetes educators, even nurses, to kind of give that information to the patient to empower them because they're in a position to do so. People are looking to them for advice. And if they give advice saying, hey, the the outcome of your situation is in your hands. You have the power to be the healthiest, you know, most vital, you know, vibrant person in the world. Or if you, you know, choose to not care at all about your health, then just like anyone else, you're not going to be healthy. And they put it in those terms. I think it would have definitely been a different outcome um, for not just for me, but for anyone that, that hears that from a position of authority. And, and fortunately, and sometimes unfortunately, doctors are in a position of authority and they don't use that um, in a very positive way, which can be an issue for sure. And, and I mean, obviously, you bring up a huge uh, issue in terms of education and healthcare with healthcare professionals. What uh, do you remember? You know, what it was like hearing at nine years old that you necessarily weren't going to live a normal life, or uh, you know, sort of how they framed that conversation. I don't really remember the exact conversation, but I do remember you know getting this little pamphlet, and the pamphlet was really just full of horror. It was like, it should have been just called a pamphlet of diabetic horrors because it was like, you know, showing people, you know, cartoon drawings of people, you know, with their limb, their toe, you know what I mean? Their toes kind of highlighted and their extremities highlighted saying, you know, circulatory problems and kidney problems and this and that. It was, there was no hope or positive positivity in in the information that we got and it was so limited and you know it it just was it wasn't um it wasn't enough and it wasn't portrayed in a good light and so for me it probably uh one of the things that i remember hearing that really stuck with me was that people with diabetes tend to live a life that is shortened by something like between 10 to 20 years shorter than the average person based upon the, you know, uh, the pressure on our internal systems based on, you know, having sometimes elevated blood sugars, you know, it puts our kidneys and our liver through extra work, so on and so forth. And then when my father passed away at 55 years old, those two things kind of melded together in my head. It was like, oh, well, my dad died at 55. Oh, my God, am I going to die at, like, 40? Like, and I really, as a young child, teenager, that was something that, stuck in my mind. And that was one of the biggest things that I had to kind of eradicate. I just, to me now that's absurd. Like I, you know, I hope, and you know, with the medical and technological advances there are today, I'd like to live to 150, honestly, the way they're working with genes and cellular, you know, stuff that they're helping people reverse aging. And 
Yeah, I I think I read an article. I just saw this little uh, tidbit online today. It said uh, one in three people born uh, today will live to be a hundred or more. Yeah, and I, I really do have a lot of faith in science, just because I've seen it work for myself, and I also just really love it. But um, yeah, no, I just think that overall for me, um, I was able to turn the health aspect of taking care of myself and the nutrition and the fitness, I turned that into something that I really enjoyed, like a gamification thing. Instead of it being like, oh, well, I have to do this. I have to do this so that I'm well. And if I don't do it, then I'm going to be, you know, feeling poorly and things like that. It's like, I now feel like I get to do this. It's something I get to do. It's a gift that I either get to give to myself or I don't. And it's, and I get to see as an experiment, you know, if I do this and I take this much insulin, what happens? And if I take this and I eat this, what happens? And then I record it. And because uh, I'm a big believer of you can't manage what you don't measure. And I measure things and I have lots of Google Drive documents. And yeah. um, I love taking um, notes and say, oh, this time last year, this happened. I just, to me, I learned to make it fun for myself instead of making it a chore. And I think that mindset shift is the key to anybody's not just someone with diabetes but the same thing it's like if people don't like to exercise or they don't like to eat healthy and they see it as a chore instead of a gift of course anything you see that way is going to feel like a pain in the butt instead of like a joy to do and of course sometimes I don't feel like you know counting carbs or whatever but you know what I do it anyway that's just the way I'm kind of a hard ass sometimes Um, not just on myself but you know in life I'm pretty stubborn and pretty strong-willed and I'm like well I'll I'll talk to myself like really you don't want to do that too bad get get over it and move on (laughs) right myself like I just do and uh, that's just how I roll (laughs) and it's it's funny you mentioned that like uh, somebody asked me you know as I was going through this process and sort of uh, speaking it and verbalizing that I was gonna uh, you know start this uh, endeavor Somebody asked me at work, just like, hey, what, you know, like, what's the real difference? He's like, I know it's like, you know, I've seen you eat like a cookie or like a piece of cake every now and then at like a work function. Like, what's what's the real difference? And I was like, honestly, I've just counted carbs on every single piece of food that I've eaten in the last 11 years. And not only that, I always look at everybody else's plate and I do the math on theirs as well. So it's like, oh, okay, I know that Ryan is eating 75 carbs right now in his burrito. Uh, <laughs> good thing he doesn't have to count that and give himself insulin. But if he was me, he would need, you know, eight units of insulin for that. And um, so I, I kind of, I don't know, same thing, kind of make it like a game for myself and just like, just keeping myself sharp. Um, and I, and it didn't even occur to me because it's just become so routine Um and you know that it really is just an extra step. And I, I've I've done a little bit of traveling in the last year, like overseas, and um, you know just having an extra box to check when I when I go out of the country. Like, oh well, don't just bring enough clothes, but make sure that you have enough infusion sets and enough insulin and enough uh, medication to get you all the way through, and that you have all your documents just in case you have to check it at customs and things like that. So, absolutely. Um, and I have a similar thing. You know, luckily my husband is very. Uh, health-minded. He's He likes to count carbs, and he enjoys that, too. I don't know if he liked it so much until he met me, but I mean, <laughs> he really, he'll play along. Like, you know, I'll, and he has something, I'm like, you know, that's like 100 carbs, right? He's like, I know. <laughs> but, like, he's a very good sport about it, and, um, yeah, same thing with me with the traveling. Traveling is my favorite thing to do. It is 
one of my most important, you know, parts of my life is to make sure that travel is incorporated into my life. And like you, uh, in the past few years, I've done a lot of traveling overseas as well to Europe and things like that. And um, I like, you know, to tell people that, you know, one of the reasons I started my interview series on YouTube is because I wanted to provide and highlight as many people who are out there thriving with diabetes in their own way. And how I you know, categorize thriving with diabetes is not just necessarily health-wise, but it's the fact that you have diabetes and you're chasing after your dreams, you're living out your passion, and it's not ever going to be the reason why you're not living an epic life. So if that involves traveling or making a specific career choice or just having kids, you know, some whatever it is that makes you happy and that you want to do, but you may have felt in the past that diabetes was the reason why you couldn't, that's what I want to kind of highlight to people. If you're not inspired by me, no worries, but I am going to provide you with as many other people from all backgrounds, ages, sexes, whatever. Like You're going to find someone that you kind of vibe with that's out there doing their thing, doing things, right? doing things, that, and, and you can too. I just want everybody to know that you can too, but you do have to shift your mindset that there's really no other way to do it if you believe that you can't do it then you're right but if you believe that you can do it you're also right but it really does take some inner work uh, I've done a lot of inner work I've been to a lot of um, I'm a big follower of Tony Robbins um, and a lot of people may have heard of him or not heard of him but he's you know I don't know he's probably in his 50s now but he's been he's worked with you know people all over the whole country or all countries in the world, you know, millions and millions of people basically just helping them get past their inner blocks of, you know, beliefs on why they can't accomplish anything. And it really doesn't matter what it is. And, um, you know, I've been to many of his seminars and this is in the past and I just really, um, attached to the things that he said, they made so much sense. And, um, I have other mentors and things like that. Like I love Les Brown and, you know, Brendan Burchard and just people out there who, have diabetes, they don't have diabetes, but guess what? You know, they come, you know, Tony Robbins had pituitary gland cancer and had a drug addict, alcoholic, you know, father and mother and came from nothing and now is one of the richest people in the world. I just, I see that everybody out there who has an adversity, which is everybody, can turn that adversity into advantage with the right mindset. And I don't think anybody's exempt from that. I just don't, I don't believe it. I, I totally agree. I'm over here like raising the roof uh, uh, <laughs> behind the scenes. And, and I think, yeah, it's, it's all about how you approach things. It's like if you say to yourself, I'm going to be successful with or without diabetes. You know, for me, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to continue to do this. Like this isn't really going to derail my plan. I'm just going to make sure that I'm really good at diabetes. Um, and that's sort of just my personality. But, you know, as I'm going through and like college playing, play, got a scholarship to play in college and then on trying to play professionally, um, I had to lie about being diabetic, I had to keep that away because, like, I didn't. I was in the position where uh, I wasn't good enough to beat somebody out who may not have had another issue, like a health issue. So I had to keep that uh, under the radar. And so with that comes like an even more focus on control and like knowing where I was at and making sure that I always was prepared for any situation. So my gym bag became kind of like a diabetes uh, emergency bag. Like it had everything in there from you know Gatorade to glucagon to um, to insulin, just preloaded shots ready to go, just in case I had to slip back to the end of the bench real quick and take, take a shot or a pump off the pump. 
And, you know, it was challenging, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I got to do what I loved. And so those are those are the things, like you said, diabetics doing things. Uh, and so that's why, you know, we're here today. We're talking about diabetics out there doing cool things for themselves uh, and celebrating those things. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, I know a lot of people say that, you know, it's a chore. Like I say, you know, it's hard. And I'm not ever going to say that it's not hard. I mean, but, but the thing is, is about... There's a, a million things in life that are hard, and I find that if you kind of think it, think of it in a way that you become empowered by the fact that we do have to work harder than other people. Like, you know, a lot of people like to say it's not fair, and I used to say that a lot. I used to live in a state of self-pity. That I literally lived in a pity party for myself constantly throughout my teenage life from 12 to 18, 19 years old. Why, why is this happening to me? Why doesn't everybody else have, you know, why can those kids eat this and I can, or, you know, why do I have to leave the class, you know, to go have a snack and why, you know, it's, it was all these questions about comparing myself to other people and why don't they have to, and it's not fair and this and that, but that mindset, that idea of just constantly wishing that you were like other people, I think is detrimental to everybody's well-being, again, regardless of whether you have diabetes or not, because the thing is, if we do have to take that extra step, we do have to go that extra mile, and there's been no time in the history of the world that going the extra mile does not make you stronger, more capable, and just overall a more awesome human being. It's like we're forced to be more awesome, and if you see that as a negative thing, I mean, I guess that's something you can do, but I just see that as a gift. Like I know it's weird and of course I wish I didn't have diabetes, but at the same time if I didn't have diabetes, I would imagine that I would not be even close to as healthy as I am now. I mean, I'm 33 years old and I would venture to say that I'm healthier than any other 30 anything year old woman that I know that doesn't have diabetes because of the fact that I have diabetes and pay such close attention to my health. Um, I just I see it as a catalyst for positive change instead of a catalyst for negative outcomes because I lived in that state of mind where it was nothing but negativity, nothing but helpless, hopeless, pity, you know, blame and, you know, this isn't my fault, I shouldn't have to suffer for this and this and that and this and that. Um, but I really do believe that everybody in life gets dealt their own set of cards and sometimes we get dealt more than one card, you know, not just diabetes. I know people who have a multitude of uh, endocrine diseases, not just that, but, you know, diabetes and they have celiac and they have this and that and, you know, fibromyalgia and food sensitivities. And for me, you know, I have diabetes and I've had to deal with an incredible amount of loss in my life from the death of my father, the death of my sister, the death of my aunts and uncles. I have about a family that has about three actual living family members, including my mother, I mean, and me and one other person. So I have, I have been to more funerals in my life than probably most people will ever in their entire life, and I'm only 33 years old. But I don't let that stop me or feel bad for myself because... If I wanted to be depressed and sad every day, I'd have a whole bucket full of things to pull in and reach out and, and wallow in the sorrow of. But so does everybody else. I think that we just kind of get caught up. We have this disease and we feel like we don't deserve it. I agree. You don't deserve it. But nobody deserves the, the crappy hand that they're dealt most of the time. Right. And, but it's really just about how you play that hand. It, it really is. I think everybody has the ability to play the hand that they're dealt in a multitude of ways. And 
you can change it at any time by changing the choices that you make. There's never a, a too late to change your choices time ever in life. Um, I don't think in my opinion. I totally agree. I think there's never a great time to take a great risk. You just kind of have to do it um, yeah. and, and step out. So I feel, I feel like I almost know the answer to this question already, but how did you go from, let's talk about the transition from being just Danielle to the diabetes dominator? Well, uh, really the diabetes dominator was born, the name was born um, probably in around 2008, maybe a year after. My husband and I met in 2006, got married in 2007, and um, so in about probably in 2008, you know, I was going through a lot of changes, you know, during that time, my husband actually introduced me to the love of lifting weights before my husband, you know, I did some, some exercise here and there, some cardio, I just get on the elliptical or whatever. So I had kind of started venturing into exercise, but I wasn't really an athlete the way I consider myself to be now. Um, so I was really going through a lot of changes with his support. He was always my number one cheerleader and we were sitting around one day and just talking about, I think it really probably was after a Tony Robbins seminar, to be honest, but we were just talking about the mentality that I had to be in to be the person that I wanted to be and have the health habits that I wanted to have, the consistency with the exercise, because the consistency with the nutrition had already kind of taken uh, hold because I really, that was my passion, but the exercise was really where I struggled a lot, uh, and even up until, you know, eight years ago or so, six years or not even six. But the point is, is that we were talking about superhero mentalities. You know, you have to be, you have to, and he said, I think he even said, you have to dominate diabetes. And he's like, yeah, you have to be a diabetes dominator. And we kind of just looked at each other and my husband's a tech guy. He's, uh, my husband works for the department of defense. He's actually one of the top 10% of cybersecurity experts in the world and so he's very big on um getting domain names so Hmm. he thinks that if you find something great you should get the domain so we literally bought the domain diabetes dominator i wasn't even coaching people at that time i didn't even i hadn't even gone to personal training school at that time i was just helping people with nutrition at that point and um it just sat there but it became my email address on purpose i became Danielle at diabetesdominator.com because I needed to see it all the time. Just like you need visual reminders of things. I'm a big fan of putting things up around your house, you know, putting sticky notes on your bathroom mirror, putting things on your refrigerator door, putting things on your computer screen, things that you need to be reminded of all the time so that you can consistently work on them. That's one of my biggest kind of tips to people. If you want to change something, you need to have a visual reminder of it as often as possible. Um, So I just made that my, my persona. I made that my name. Um, And then I began to live into it. And the more I lived into it, the more of the diabetes dominator I became. And, you know, uh, in 2009, I went, you know, enrolled in personal training school, which was a huge leap of faith for me. It was a six-month program, 500 hours in a gym, four days a week, where we'd learn uh, in the classroom about all the anatomy and physiology of the human body, um, all the muscles, the joints, and all of the actions that were involved in working out. And then we would go into the gym and actually put all of the Uh, book learning that we did into physical action. Um, So I changed my mind again about what was possible. And that really, after I got out of personal training school, that's when the diabetes dominator 
went from, you know, being my email address to I was already had a business called Healthy Homemade where I was helping people with cooking food that were that was healthy for them. But now I had both sides of the equation. I had the nutrition side and I had the physical fitness side. And so I went from, you know, my business being Healthy Homemade to my business being Diabetes Dominator Coaching. And that's really kind of the way it transitioned itself into what it has become today. <laughs> Yeah, and I think uh, I, I know you recently. I mean, as recently as November, um, got one, your Kickstarter got funded for uh, your book. Um, and so, tell us a little bit about that. What was that like? Uh, it was awesome. So yeah, the Kickstarter actually got funded in July of 2015, and actually we reached our goal in three days, which was unbelievable. Wow, that's and awesome. I, the level of gratitude that I feel to the diabetes community, and it wasn't just the diabetes community. It was you know people that I know that have know about my dreams and know how hard I've been working towards, you know, and, and we're willing to support that. But, um, I have been, I wrote the first chapter of a book that I wanted to write about diabetes in 2011. I said to my husband, I said, I want to write a book about diabetes. I have so much to say. Um, and I love to pass this knowledge on. And so it just became this thing that was in the back of my mind. And it built and built and built. And then I finally said, and this is kind of how I, I work best under deadlines, under pressure. I need to have a hard deadline looming down on me to get something done. That's just really how I work. And um, so I said, you know, I'm going to publish this book in time for Diabetes Awareness Month in 2015. And I'm going to get this Kickstarter going so that I promise people who have pledged money to my campaign that this is going to happen because then they're going to be expecting me to have it, which is a very hard deadline um, to put on myself. So that was the decision. And I just worked really, really hard um, to get that done. And it was an exhilarating experience. And I felt uh, very um, – it was very fulfilling to get that out of my my heart and my head and into the universe. Um, and now it's out there and I can say, okay, yeah, I have my book. It's out there. It's big. <laughs> it's 300 plus pages. <laughs> um, but it's, but it's not just a book. It's a system. You know, I have a book and it's not just like, Hey, read these anecdotes, which I do have plenty of anecdotes in there, but it's also a system, which I call the diabetes dominator system. And it's the six pillars of total health, which is what I created for my clients. I mean, really I, I created it for my clients based upon what I felt I would have needed, you know, 15 years ago to get me from point A to point B, from where I was then to where I am now, in a much quicker fashion, kind of just, you know, cutting away all the BS and saying, okay, here are the main things that we need to focus on to get sustainable, healthy habits. And I'm a very big stickler for sustainability. I don't like, you know, diet programs and things like that, where it's like, oh, well, you're going to lose 20 pounds in a week and then blah, blah, blah. Like, right. you know, I want people to learn and retrain their brains so that by the time we're done working together or by the time, you know, you go, I have a six week online course too, that kind of coincides with the book that when you come out of that, you're like, yeah, no, I going back to the way I was would be more painful than the reality of, you know, it's a little bit more work that I had to do before, but now I have new habits. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting kind of situation getting a book published and we self published. So that's another thing people think, Oh, I can't, you can, you, if you have an Amazon account and you have a, a computer, you can publish a book. Cause trust me, <laughs> it, uh, we don't have a publisher. It'd be great to have one in the future. But at this point, I don't even know if I'd be willing to give up the intellectual property because it'd be, it'd be nerve wracking to have somebody else come in and, 
you know, right. edit, edit my work. So, you know, it gets to be really authentic and you kind of get to own that process and uh, it truly is your book at that point. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's awesome. And I've been getting, I mean, for me it was, I wanted to reach as many people as possible and I've been getting so much feedback from the book that, and I actually offer, I decided to offer three bonuses for to people that bought the book. Um, and it's on my website that if you buy the book and you send me a screenshot of your receipt, I'll send you the online video training. I'll send you a five day meal plan and I'll send you a healthy and unhealthy food guide list because I want people to thrive. I want people to have all that they need to have to do whatever it is that they want to do. And I, that's why I try to put out as much content as I possibly can. That's why I have the YouTube videos. That's why I have, um, you know, I have a 29 page free ebook on my website. I have that's downloadable by anyone. I just want to give people actionable content to do with what they please, um, so that they can thrive so that they can succeed. So I try to offer more value than anyone could ever imagine getting for the price that they're paying. That's really my goal is to serve, at a higher level, um, at the highest level that I can. So. And and talk about some maybe success stories from that. I think that's an amazing way to approach um, any sort of system. But um, what kind of success have you seen with uh, with people either from feedback, or people who bought the book or the program, or you know your actual clients? Oh gosh, that's uh, that could be a whole another podcast. Um, <laughs> so maybe maybe just pick your favorite. I'll try to. Uh, well, I have a few. Well, my favorite success story um, is one of my longest standing clients and um, she's actually I, I interviewed her at this point I started working with her when uh, I was she was 16 and now she's 21 and getting ready to graduate uh, college and she's going to be a registered nurse at the end of the actually probably in June once she takes her boards um, but she was just you know in that mindset that same mindset of oh I have diabetes you know she was 16 she was angry she was um Pity, you know, she had a lot of pity for herself, and um, she uh, she completely changed her life. And she actually wrote uh, a high school. Her mom and her mom and I are pretty close because obviously I was you know talking with her mom throughout the process. And um, you know, her mom sent me this high school paper that she wrote about one of the people that inspired her most in the world, and she wrote it about me. And I just um, I just broke down into like a sobbing like baby. I was just it was just you know to see. You, you're you're able to have that impact on people that they are inspired by you and that they want to change what they're going to do with their lives. You know, now she wants to take care of people and be a nurse because you know someone helped them see that they could do that for other people. It's just overwhelming. Um, and just as far as book reviews, I mean, if you go on the Amazon page, I, I think the book and it's been out for a few months now. It's it's got 18 reviews and just some of the things that people were writing about the book, just like my jaw just dropped to the floor and you know I've gotten pictures emailed to me from people holding my book in New Zealand in Australia in uh, all over Europe and I'm like I, I couldn't have wished for anything more fulfilling or just heartwarming or um, just knowing that I'm on the right path like this is just justification for me um, that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and to hear people's feedback and read the words that they write, you know, just reading this book, I'm, I'm three pages in and I already feel myself wanting to change. I remember reading that. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I, I mean, that's what I wanted. That was my intention. But to actually hear it from some person who I don't even know what their real name is because their Amazon name, I don't know, you know, who they are, right. but it's just, it's just overwhelming sometimes to, to feel and hear that. So. 
yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, with that in mind, um, for our listeners who haven't uh, encountered you online, where can we find you? What, uh, I know the book's on Amazon, but what's the uh, – uh, give us give us your plugs. Where can we find you? Uh, DiabetesDominator.com. That's my main website, which you can also find links to my book there. Um, you can Google Diabetes Dominator YouTube, but I believe there's also a link to my YouTube channel on my website, DiabetesDominator.com. Um, I believe there's probably links to all of my things <laughs> on my website somewhere at the bottom or things like that. But yeah, go to the website. You know, if you want, go download the 29 page ebook. It's eight tips to thriving with diabetes. All, all of them are actionable steps. You can download it. It's free. You know, you can get kind of an idea of, you know, what I you know teach and things like that and an insight into the system. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm on everything. I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and um, I'm everywhere as far as that goes. But my, my, my website, diabetesdominator.com, is probably the uh, best place to reach me. And also, if you do decide to purchase the book, you can just click on the My Book Bonuses tab, and if you want to send me your PDF, I'll send you all the free training um, that comes along. And you could even get that with the ebook. You know, I think I can't remember how much the ebook is now. I think it might be like three ninety nine or something like that. Um, but you can still get all the training, three long videos about the, you know, the six pillars of um, total health diabetes dominator system videos that I've shot. I'll email them to you um, and all that stuff because I just want to give I want to give everything that I have, you know, all of my best training to people who actually want it. If you want to change, I want to help you do so. I love it. Well, Danielle, it's been so great to chat with you. Um, and I mean, it's, it's really cool how, you know, so much of the way that I think about and approach diabetes that you um, not only uh, support and, and perpetuate, but also just help other people buy into those. Um, it's been really inspiring chatting with you today. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, I thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Diabetics Doing Things. Subscribe to our newsletter for weekly emails and behind the scenes content. And if you or someone you know has an amazing story to share, send an email to rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com. Diabetics Doing Things is also available on iTunes. Subscribe to us in the podcast app to have weekly episodes automatically downloaded to your phone.